had guest speakers. We had an incredible Veterans Day service with Mike Schlimgen coming. Last week, Pastor Todd was here. And uh, if you missed either of those, you can go to our website and listen. I think uh, they were both very, very uh, great messages. And so before that happened, I'd started a series called Address the Mess. <clears throat> and uh, it bas- basically, it boils down to this. As we go through lives, through our lives, many times we develop messes in our lives. Sometimes they're relational messes. Sometimes there's a spiritual mess where we get at odds with God. Sometimes it's a mess in our career, a mess in our parenting, a mess in our finances. And so this series is really about how do we address the messes in our lives? How do we do that? How do we clean them up so we can, we can move on and, and live free like God wants us to? On week one, the first week, we talked about one of the most important things is we have to take personal responsibility for the messes that we've created. Sometimes we create our messes and sometimes life just happens to us. But what happens is when we take personal responsibility and we don't blame our parents or the government or our friends, when we take responsibility, what happens is we begin to grow. And if you begin to grow, you can outgrow the mess. You can get above it, you can get beyond it, you can get over it. And then week two, we switch gears and we talked about something that I think is very important. What do we do when people in our lives who we really love, uh, whether it's children, parents, aunts, uncles, close friends, what do we do when they come to us with a problem? What do we do? How do we respond to that? And we said, you know, again, there's, there's two things. First of all, sometimes people come to us and they've been repeating a cycle and it, it's self-imposed problems. It's problems people uh, cause themselves. And in those situations, we have to be very careful because if we keep propping people up, we can be enablers. And so we have to, you know, put the responsibility on them. But the second thing is if someone we love gets hit with something that's uncontrollable, then what we need to do is we Christians, we're always supposed to respond two ways, with compassion, with compassion and action. Compassion and action is always so important. So today we're going to talk about how to stop the messes from recurring in our lives. How do we, so we get done with a mess, how do we make sure it never comes back? How do we stop messes from recurring in our lives? And, and I think this is important for me, it's important for all of us, but here's what I've learned is that sometimes our lives are history repeating itself over and over again. Can I get a witness to that? Uh, sometimes we do think the same things over and over again, and we create these ongoing messes in our lives. And so we want to talk about negative patterns today. How do you stop negative patterns? What do you do if you have a negative pattern in your life that you keep repeating over and over and over again? And you end up with the same result is the same result is you end up in a mess, you end up discouraged, depressed, feeling bad about yourself. You end up in an unhealthy place because you, you keep these, these negative patterns keep recurring in your life. Negative patterns can also be called destructive cycles. And, you know, we're human and sometimes we get in a destructive cycle. And it, it happens to us when we're in our 20s. It happens to us in our 30s. It happens to us in our 40s. It just keeps repeating. And many times when we get in destructive cycles, the older we get, the worse it gets. Because we've just never, we, we, we haven't dealt with it. And sometimes we wanted to, but we just didn't know how to deal with that, how to get out of this cycle, you know, that's tearing us up. 
You know, sometimes we say things like this. I bet we've all said this. You say something like, I'm never going to do that again. You too, huh? I'm never going to do that again, but you still find yourself in this destructive cycle, this negative pattern that is recurring over and over again. You know, Paul dealt with this in Romans 7. It's one of, one of those passages that you can read once a week and it just affects you. But Romans 7, verse 15 through 20, it says this. I do not understand what I do. Have you ever been there? I don't understand why I'm doing this. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in, in me. For I know the good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this, keeps, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Now, you got to read that passage several times because there's a, there's a lot of do's in it, right? Do, do, I don't do, I do, do, I, oh, sorry, that, that went wrong. Um, someone throw me a life raft. But, but Paul, Paul says this. You know, this is a really amazing passage because if you read the Bible, you know that Paul wrote a number, the majority of our New Testament. He Without question, he is one of, if not the most successful Christian beside Jesus who has ever walked on the earth. And you know what Paul says? I have some negative patterns in my life. Sometimes the good I know that God wants me to do and I want to do, I just can't pull it off. And I want to do it, but I end up sometimes doing these things that are harmful to me and harmful to others, and it's, it's destructive. And he goes on to really just put the nail in the coffin. He says, you know... If I'm not doing what I know I should do, although I want to do it, the problem is my sin nature. And so I think it boils down to this. When we get in these negative problems, sometimes we, we have fallen into, into some different types of sin. So we're going to look at this this morning. I was thinking this week about, you know, how can, how can we help the most people? Because when I'm up here talking about negative patterns, destructive cycles, if you're in one or you have one, it's not easy to hear. The first thing is that we've all been there before. The only difference is some pull out of them and some, some don't. But I was trying to think of an analogy that would kind of help us get the ball rolling on this. And so I thought, I thought about the school bus. How many of you, when you were kids, you, you rode the, the school bus to school? A lot of you, I know today, a lot of you are homeschooled and different things. But here, here's something. Riding a, a school bus goes like this. Every day at the same time. The bus picks you up at the same place. It takes the same route every day to school. And you always end up at the same place. In a school parking lot, there's a sidewalk that goes into school. So every day, the bus is consistent. It picks you up at the same place every day. If you're not there, you get left. It goes on the same route every day, and it ends up at the same place. That's what school buses do. You know, when I rode the school bus, I never ended up at the beach I never ended up at the mall. I never ended up at my favorite fishing hole. I always ended up at school, right, with the same bus driver driving. 
And this is a very important principle to consider when we're talking about negative patterns because if you think about addictions, maybe, maybe your addiction is food and when you're under stress, you know, you just, before you know it, there's a half gallon of Bluebell gone, you know? How many of you have ever been, binged eat? You've ever went on a binge? There's about 30% of us that are honest here this morning, right? I only know, one, I have one friend that never binged. He didn't like to eat. He said, if I could take a pill every day that gave me my nutrition, I would never stop to eat. And I was like, okay, well, I will eat yours, you know? I'll eat your share right there. I like to eat. But, but th- that, that's what happens, you know? Um, maybe your, your uh, negative pattern is something a little bit more sinister. Maybe you get involved in, in, in drugs or alcohol or porn. But these negative patterns, they always start in the same place. So it's very important, if we can understand what triggers us into going into our neg- negative patterns, that is 80% of winning. What happens that causes me to go into this negative pattern? Where does it, where, where does it start and, 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 and where does it go? But if you end up on the, if you get on a school bus, you always end up in the same place. If you fall into a negative pattern, you always end up in the same place every time. I was talking to somebody a, 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 several years ago, a man came into my office and he was telling me about this negative pattern he had in his life and I was listening to him and just listening to him and, and I say, you know what I notice is every time you do this, not 30% of the time, not 50, not 80, 100% of the time, every time you do this, you always end up in the same place. You end up discouraged, you end up depressed, you end up like Paul, I can't believe I did that, I said I'd never do that again. And it just, it's a terrible, you end up in a, in a terrible place every single time. So, you know, I've learned from my own personal experiences that when I get into a situation, if I, if I fall into, into negative patterns, I know where I'm going to end up. If I do this, I know where the bus lets off at. You know, and it's to depression, discouragement. If I, if I give into this negative pattern, I know where it's going to take me every time. It's just like getting on the school bus. You know the destination. It's not a mystery. You know, if I do this, boom, I end up here every time. It's, it's the same route and, and drops you off at the, at the same time. So if our thinking goes south, And then if you start drinking too much or eating too much or looking at things on the internet that are harmful, you always end up at the same place. And all of us have heard this definition of insanity, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting a different result. And so we just have to know. The number one thing, if you want to break a pattern in your life, a destructive cycle, you, you just have to realize where it come from, comes from, what triggers it, and you have to realize, if I get on that bus, it's not going to let me off around the corner. It's going to take me all the way to school. And if you get on the bus that, that leads to negative patterns, you know, it always goes and drops you off in a state of despair, in a place of, of feeling bad about yourself. So let me define a negative pattern. A negative pattern, it's a sequence of actions that always leads to the same undesirable outcome. So it's a sequence of things. It's not just one thing. It's a sequence of things that 
we, keep, we do this, then we do this, then we do this, but we always end up, like Paul said, where I, I, don't, I don't want to be. So number one, so we're talking about how, how do you stop recurring negative patterns? How do we get out of that? Because the truth is, even if it's their own fault, no one likes the drop-off of a neg- negative pattern. No one wants to feel bad about themselves. No one wants to hurt anyone else. No one wants to hurt themselves. No one wants to do that. So how do we stop it from recurring? You know, how do we, how do we recognize it in the triggers and, and not, and just stay away from that? The first thing is, is, is you have to stop the negative pattern early in its infancy. So think about this. To address a negative pattern, you have to stop. If, it, if a negative pattern is a sequence of things that you do and you end up there, then you've got to stop it before the sequence starts in its infancy. How many know that once you're on the bus, it's hard to get off? It's funny. The bus driver pulls up and he opens the door. But when he shuts it, it's locked there, right? You want to get off, but you can't. So you have to stop it in, in its infancy. And uh, for, for example, if you start to think negative thoughts, you have to stop it early because one negative thought leads to another negative thought. Negative thoughts are prolific. They breed. So do positive thoughts. So do good choices. And so we, we, we have, to, have to think about this. And so the number one thing, if you're, if you're going to stop a negative pattern early, your thinking has to be correct. There's many books out there. I encourage you um, on positive thinking from a Christian ba- basis. Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. I think it's one of the best books ever written. Sold millions of copies. You, maybe you should just read that and go through the Bible and all the things it says about thinking. But because if our thinking is healthy, we're not going to get on the negative pattern. If our thinking goes south, which for all of us it can do easily. I mean, Tracy, Tracy is... is my support on this because a lot of times my first reaction is negative when I get hit with something. And she'll say something like, you need to have faith or, you know, you, 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 know, you counsel all these other people to come over this and then one little thing happens. And so that's how my life is, right? <laughs> but I, I need that. I need that because it's like a V8 moment. Hey, you know, you're right. I mean, at first I'm a little perturbed, but then, hey, you're, you know, you're right. You're right. Um, but, but think about this. These are all common things. Just let's, let's go through some things real quick. You know, you're having problems in your job. Man, my job is just not what it used to be. Gosh, the company got sold. You know, they're changing everything. I have a new boss, a new management system, and all these things have changed drastically. So if you go down that negative road, you know, all of a sudden you don't enjoy going to work any day. Every day, you know, those negative thoughts, they keep going and going and they, 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 one negative thought and then here and you end up way over here to where you're not even thankful that you have a way to provide for your family. I mean, so we, we have to think, think about that, you know, um, my kids have, have grown up and gone on and, you know, sometimes I meet, this is a common thing, meet with you all the time, man, our family dynamics have changed. Our kids are growing up, they're going off and they're going to leave home and, and life will never be the same. No, it won't, but that doesn't mean it can't be good. doesn't mean it can't be great. doesn't mean you can't have a, a great relationship with your kids and so on and so forth. But if you get stuck in that negative pattern, if you get stuck there, it takes you to a place where you don't even appreciate having a family, 
where you don't even appreciate all the blessings that God has given to you. Here, here's, here's another one. You know, uh, let's, let, let's say you're here and you were here way back when the building was built and all that. And you're like, man, church just isn't how it used to be. It's so much bigger, this big building. There's all these people I don't know. There's all these systems. I mean, that's an easy place to get to. Or you can say, hey, you know, we're able to reach more people. You know, we're able to help. We're able to help more people. Or my physical health isn't, isn't what it used to be. Man, I, my, you know, I'm just, I don't have the energy I used to have. Man, you know what? I'm just out of my prime. Again, if you, you can go there. Or you can choose to turn it to be positive, you know? Hey, life expectancy has increased dramatically the last 10 years. I get to live longer, hopefully, or whatever. But our, I'm not trying to step on any toes, but does this make sense? Like our thoughts, we have to control our thoughts because negative thoughts are what gets us on the, the destructive cycle. And once we're on it, it just it takes us to a place we don't want to be. So the truth is that life just changes and nothing stays the same. But our thoughts, how we think about things, directly affects how we deal with change. And, you know, if we take control of our thoughts and we steer them in a positive way, you know, our, our, we can still remain healthy and get in a, go in a positive direction. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, he says this, that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So a lot of the thoughts we have are not from Christ. A lot of the thoughts we have are, 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 are from the spiritual realm. They want to discourage us and depress us. And, you know, the devil wants every Christian to get on the bus and go down there. And so we, what I'm saying is, we, you know, God wants to help us, but we got to fight a little bit too. We got to fight a little bit. We got to stand, we got to stand our ground. But, and, and the truth is, again, um, I'm not speaking this message that I'm better than you. I, listen, I've had neg negative patterns in my life that I had, had to deal with, had to be honest about. And every one of us struggles with our thoughts from time to time. But if we take control of our thoughts, we can stop the negative sequence before, you know, bef bef before it gets started. And, and I told you that, hey, this is one of my battles, you know. And I remember about a year and a half ago, um, yeah, about a year and a half ago, in a, in a two and a half week period, 12 families from the church got in contact with me. Hey, Pastor Terry, hey, listen, there's no problem or anything, but we're being trans, we're being trans, we're being relocated with our job to Mississippi, to St. Louis. In, in two and a half weeks, 12 families. So my first thought is, that's 50 people. I'm like, church is going to look empty on Sunday. See, that, that's a choice. I have another choice. You know, God, you asked me to do this church. You control who comes here. I just believe you'll bring people to fill the seats. Amen. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I have, I just, we all have a choice as, how, as to how we process. Here's, here's another good one. Um, uh, this last year, a survey came out about the American church. And this survey, I mean, there's a national survey, all thousands and thousands of people. That is, they said that 80% of churches in America are plateaued or declining. 80%. Now, there's 370,000 churches in America. So that means that 296,000 of them have plateaued. They, they stayed the same place or they've gone down. You know, I have two choices. I can, like, no need to work. It's over. Like, it's over. It's just American culture. Or you can say, you know what, God, I believe we can be in the top 20%. I believe you're going to help us reach new people. I believe you're going to help us grow. I believe you're going to help us fight against some of these cultural things in America that honestly aren't good. So 
One of the reasons we fall into negative thinking and patterns is because we start to compare ourselves with other people. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th president of the United States, he said this, comparison is the thief of joy. That's a tremendous statement. As a matter of fact, uh, my son gave me that quote. Isn't it good when your kids start encouraging you? That's a good thing. But comparison is the thief of joy. Why is that? When we compare ourselves with someone else, it's usually not apples to apples. So if we compare ourselves with someone who's doing worse than we are, we feel good about ourselves. That's not necessarily true. We compare someone that we think is doing better than us. Have you ever compared yourself to someone that you think was doing better than you, then later on you realize that they weren't? It was a facade? So comparison, comparison is a, is, is a nasty thing. So here's the bottom line, that bad thoughts lead to more bad thoughts. Then it leads to hopelessness, then to self-esteem, self-esteem assassination. You know what that, you know what, self, have you ever self-esteem assassinated yourself? Man, I am no good. I'm a loser, man. If I, if I was a better person, I wouldn't be in this situation right now. And then after we assassinate ourselves, it leads to negative patterns. So then we maybe do something to ease the pain, you know, whether it's eating, drinking, drugs, blaming other people, isolating ourselves. But if we do that and we get on the negative pattern, it always stops in the same place. And it's with us feeling bad about ourselves and for us hurting other people. So we don't want to do that. So it all starts with controlling that first negative thought. You know, I think this negative thought, if I think this negative thought, it will lead to another negative thought, which will lead to another negative thought. And before long, I'm going to be, I'm going to be way over here. However, if I have a negative thought and I'm like, you know, I don't think that's from God. I don't believe that. I'm going to choose to believe God. I'm going to choose to have faith. That takes us in a totally different direction and one that doesn't leave us feeling depressed, discouraged, and, 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 and we don't beat ourselves up. The second thing you have to do is you have to release your anger. So our thoughts are very important. But, you know, again, anger also contributes to negative patterns, unresolved anger. They, they, they've done multiple studies <clears throat> that have shown that people who struggle with addictive behavior, the number one key denominator was that they had anger in their lives. They just had unresolved anger in their lives. And it's anger about something that happened 15 years ago, 30 years ago, when you were growing up, something that happened that happened last year. And if, if we don't have this anger, if we don't resolve it and take it to God, you know, it, it, it just begins to, to build, to build in our, in our lives and we become mad at the world. Have you ever had to associate with someone who's mad at the world? I mean, they're mad at God, they're mad at their friends, they're mad at their family, they're, they're just mad at everybody. And here's the truth is, you know, a lot of, I've heard Christians say that, you know, something about the fairness doctrine. The fairness doctrine isn't in the Bible. Life is not fair, but here's the good news. It's not fair to anyone. We all have a story, right? We all have a story. But we, we, we can't hold on to that anger, you know, process it, go to therapy if you need to. But you can't take, let anger take hold in your lives. Many times we hold on to anger and we let it build in our lives. Then we just erupt and we spew volcanic ash on people, right? Uh, Mark Twain He had an incredible quote on anger. It says this, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored 
than to anything on which it is poured. And so when you pour anger on other people, it does hurt them. But the person who's getting hurt the most is you and me. God did not create us to store anger. We're supposed to be, walk in forgiveness and just forgive people and talk about things. So anger is a, is a really big deal. So we have to deal with our thoughts and our anger in its infancy before it gets started. Once we get on the train, once the train of the negative pattern is rolling, it is hard to get off. It's not impossible, but, it, but it's very hard. So I, I actually went to, but my family moved some, so I went to three high schools. And so for a short time, I went to Scambia High School in Pensacola, Florida. All the football fans probably know that that's where Emmett Smith played. And, and, and so, you know, the, I, so one day we're at practice and I was on the JV. And, of course, Emmett Smith was on varsity since the day he walked into high school, you know. And our varsity was incredible. They won, I think, two or three state championships in his four years. I mean, he was setting, he's either first or second in all-time Florida rushing yards. He's, the, of course, the, the, uh, has the most yards in NFL history. And so they would do this sometimes. I don't know why they did this, but they would make the JV scrimmage the varsity. And so I was on the JV. That wasn't very fun. And so I played on the defensive line. And so one, one practice, I'm making a lot of tackles. And you know how when you did good, they gave you stars for your helmet or little football? So um, the coach calls me off the field over there to the sideline by him, and I'm thinking I'm going to get some stickies for my helmet. And he starts hollering at me. He starts abusing me. He says, Darnell, what are you doing? I thought it was a trick question. Like, well, I'm making a lot of tackles. He said, yeah, but they're all five to seven yards downfield. You're supposed to make tackles at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. And I'm thinking, it's Emmett Smith. Like, it's Emmett Smith, right? I mean, you know, he was right, but it was a little bit unfair. Okay? But so here, the point of it is this, is we have to stop negative patterns and habits, destructive cycles, before they start running downfield. We have to stop them in the backfield. We have to stop them at the line of scrimmage because once that train gets going... It's like a locomotion, and it, it just, it just, it's hard to stop. So we have to stop it in, in, in the very beginning. But the third thing, so we have to stop at the beginning. We have to deal with our anger. And the third thing is you have to identify your negative pattern. What is your negative pattern? Um, how many of you have identified a negative pattern in your life? Yeah, probably most of us. Um, but, again, negative patterns, they're like the school bus. They pull up at the same stop, the same triggers. It opens the door. And if you get on that bus, you're going to school. If you get on that bus of, ne- of the negative pattern, you're going to do what you've always been doing, what you don't enjoy doing, and it's going to drop you off in a place of despair. And so we have, to, we have to identify these things. We have to stop them early. You know, so Trace and I have been married 29 years, and we have a great marriage, and we have a great life together. And we hardly ever argue I said hardly. I said hardly. But when we argue, I have identified the main cause. I'm going to give you my cause. If she has a cause, she can tell yourself. I'm not saying that. Okay? We never argue about the kids. We never argue about money. We never argue about what we're going to watch on TV. We never argue about what we're going to eat, although we do have some uh, comedy sessions about what we're going to eat, right? And we, but when I am stressed out about something, when I have a problem that I'm dealing with and I'm internalizing that, I come home and sometimes I am less diplomatic than I would like to be. 
Sometimes my tone of voice isn't to Tracy's liking. And she's like, hold on, cowboy, who do you think you're talking to? Hold on. Right? So, so I own that. You know, you come home and I got a problem. I'm, I'm internalized. I'm trying to deal with this problem. And she's talking to me and talking to me. And I can't listen to her because I got my issue I'm dealing with. And then she stops and says something like, I always hear this. Have you been listening to me? And so I stay like this and I ask God to reveal it to me. But he doesn't. He does not reveal it to me. And then, you know what? We're off to the races. You know? But it's helpful to identify that. If you identify it, you can stop it. If you don't know what triggers you, you have no chance, zero chance of, of, of stopping it. You know, Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 40, 52, it's the story of a man that they called blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus, I believe he's leaving Jericho. And there's a crippled, there's a blind beggar over here. And he's just not following protocol. And he is, they say, hey, Jesus is walking by. And he begins to holler, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he just won't be denied and he won't be quiet. He's just, Jesus, son of David. And, and people are telling him to be quiet. And then Jesus says, hey, go and bring him to me. And they say, hey, cheer up, fellow. Jesus wants to see you. And he goes over there and Jesus asks him a funny question. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And he says, I want to see. He identified the issue. If you want God to help you with something, you need to clearly articulate to him what is your negative pattern so he can help you. You don't have to face your negative pattern on your own because, like Paul, if we do it on our own, we're going to fail. We need the power of Christ in our lives. We need to, to fill ourselves with spiritual fuel. And, you know, I, I was thinking also this week about the story of Samson in the Bible. And, you know, Samson had a negative pattern. His negative pattern was women. He always chose the wrong woman. And he chose women that weren't Israelites. They were Philistines. They, he got his wives and his girlfriends from the people not of God, people who worshipped idols and do, only, do these things. And one of them in particular was a lady named Delilah. And Delilah, you know, Samson had his, his, the strength of his power was his hair, which came from a Nazarite vow that his parents took for him. And so Delilah is just pressing him, pressing him, and, and you know, you don't love me, you don't, this, that, and that was the trigger for him. So he told her the truth. And so the Philistines come in at night, they cut his hair, and they take him and they make him a prisoner. And back in those days, they mutilated prisoners. So they gouged out Samson's eyes. And you know what the last part of Samson's life is like? They tie him to, in, in a threshing floor, a grain press, and he, he would hold on to a stick. He's blind. He's, he doesn't have eyes so he can't see. And every day he would walk in a circle pushing this grind, grinding grain for the enemies. Every day he walked in circles with no sight. Every day, every day he just, he just walked in circles. He just walked in a circle. And you know, I think the greatest problem, and many of you are struggling with this, is you have been in your negative pattern for so long that you have no vision of where God intends for you to be. You've lost the vision of hope. You've lost the vision of faith. And just like you say, that looks dumb, Samson. You're just walking around a circle. We, we do things that look, that look not so smart every day. And 
when you have been overcome by a negative pattern for long enough, you keep doing it and you don't know anything different. But most people in with Samson's life there, most people have never read or paid attention to the way Samson's life ended. And the way it ended was this. He was a prisoner and the Philistines were having, they're having a celebration to their god Dagon. Dagon. And they're all in their temple, a huge temple that holds thousands of people. And they bring in Samson to entertain them. Old blind, weak Samson comes in to entertain them. And uh, Samson tells the servant, would you put my hands on the support, the posts that support the whole temple? It says there were 2,000 people in the upper balcony. It was filled up, thousands of Philistine people. And he put his hands there. And he, he said, God, would you just return my strength one more time to give me vengeance over my enemies? And God returned his strength, and he pushed those pillars down. He died, and that one day, he killed more Philistines in that one day than he had his whole life. So what happened? Even though he was physically blind, he began to think about, you know, I've got so far outside of God's plan for my life, and everything, the mess I'm in, it's totally self-imposed. I've done it all. I, I dated women that I shouldn't have dated. I, you know, I talked, I just did all these, it's where I'm at right now, it's my fault. But God, I remember how you used to use me to gain victory for the nation of Israel. How you used to use me to, to smite and kill and destroy Philistines. And I'm asking you, would you do it one more time? Would you just do it one more time? And, and, and so the, the fourth thing is this, is we have, to, we have to return to the vision that we once had for our lives. What happens is all of us, when we're young, we have all these great visions of how our life will be, but sometimes life just kind of knocks the stuffing out of us, and we forget where God wants us to be, and we become consumed with where we're at. And, and so, so think about that. If you're ever to get out of the negative pattern, if you're ever to stop it from reoccurring, you have to go back to the vision that God has for you, the vision of how he once used you, what he wants to do for, for our lives. And it, it's never too late. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's never too late. It's never too late uh, to give these things to God. So we have to identify our negative patterns. What is it that I fall into? What bus do I get on that takes me over there? Uh, we have to stop it in the beginning. Don't get on the bus. Don't control our thoughts and our anger. And, and we can't let that take us to a place that's not going to be healthy because Again, it's not just unhealthy for you. It's unhealthy for your kids, for your wife, for your, it just, it just, it's unhealthy. And we have to remember God's vision for our lives. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Would you just take a moment just to, just give yourselves to the Lord and just say, man, are there some negative patterns? Are there some destructive cycles that I've been falling into that they're really, they're, they're, they're ruining my life? Just take a moment to identify if, if you're in that situation. Father God, we come before you right now and we know that you love us and you're concerned about us and you want us to fulfill your plan for our lives, your destiny for our lives and we just simply cannot do that 
if we are continually living in reoccurring negative patterns. They hurt our lives, they hurt our family's lives, they hurt those around us. And what I wanna do this morning, hopefully I've given you just some practical steps that you can take to turn this around. And of course, I'm always happy to meet with anyone and give you any type of encouragement that I can. But I think the, the first step is always when we admit, man, I have a negative pattern in my life that's not healthy and I just have to address it. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you have one of these patterns that you're like, man, I just, I got to get out of this funk. It's just not good. Would you just stand up and we're going to pray and ask God. The Lord told me this week that he's going to touch, he's going to touch some people in a special way. If you're a negative pattern, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you don't love God. It's just you just falling into, into something. God, we come before you and we love you so much. So right now, Lord God, we, first of all, we just repent for falling into this trap again and again. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. And God, we, we know that we can't do it on our own. So that's why we're standing up this morning. We're asking you to give us the strength to take our thoughts captive, to release our anger, God. When the bus pulls up, we are not going to get on in the name of Jesus. God, we need your strength to help us. God, we need your help. We need your encouragement during this time. So God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that negative patterns are being broken today in our lives. They're being broken right now in the name of Jesus. Patterns are being broken. Destructive cycles are being broken in the name of Jesus. We call on the grace and the mercy of God to help us, Lord. Lord, give us wisdom and discernment to fend off these patterns that so easily just kind of consume us. And God, today we ask you that every generational negative pattern, see, Many people that struggle with addictions, it's, it's passed down from generations. God, we break every generational pattern of abuse, of addiction, in Jesus' name. We break every generational curse and we, we, we release a new beginning. We release the Spirit of God to fill those gaps and voids. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand together, church? Let's sing a chorus real quick before we dismiss. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence. You never fail me. Your promise still stands. And great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence, you never fail. 
God, we just believe you for a breakthrough in our lives. In Jesus' name. Now, guys, if y'all can help us stack these chairs, rows of eight, we'd really appreciate it. Also, I apologize. I know it's a little warm in here, and I don't think I don't think the air clicked on, so I'll check on that. But I want to pray for you before you leave. You know, here at Family Life, we just believe that when we're in covenant with God, we can have all the blessings that His Word says we can have. You agree with that, church? So, God, we thank you that we're in covenant with you, which means that we're forgiven, which means that we're redeemed, which means that we can live on a higher level than the people, the society around us. And, God, we pray for your protection and favor over everyone here, that the favor of God would go with us everywhere we go, God. Keep us safe and protective, Lord. Watch over our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church.